by Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about chapter one of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Fire. the Riddle House. Yes, finally. I know. We're so close to halfway through the series. This is insane. Barely halfway, because the last books are so long. Yeah, the last book. Actually, yeah, we're not even close to halfway, actually, because the books in the beginning are way less. Yeah, we're probably going to be, be, need to be in the middle of five. Yeah, or like towards, yeah, beginning, middle of five. Yeah, so first of all, before we start on this chapter, I want to talk about, like, what do you even, like, what are your thoughts on this chapter? Because, you know, it was definitely a chapter. Yeah, I agree. It was a chapter, but oh, I've heard people say before that they skip this chapter when they're reading the book. It's really not the greatest. I don't think it's necessary at all. I think it was like the idea was like, okay, it's going to be really great to open this book with something intriguing, but it's like, just give me more Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I think that's why people skip it. They're just like, okay, please, I just want to hear and about like, Harry's the experience. The one thing that's really important, in my opinion, in this chapter is that they mention capturing and killing Bertha Jorkins for the information she gave them. But I still have, like, no idea what information Bertha Jorkins gave to Voldemort. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I didn't, like, because doesn't she come back in in six? I don't even does. know who Bertha Jorkins is. She's the is. one with the Hufflepuff cup. Remember, he go in one of Harry's memories. He goes to see Bertha Jorkins, uh, with Dumbledore, and she has the she's the one with the Hufflepuff cup. Okay, I have no idea who Bertha Jorkins okay. is. Maybe I just have no idea too, and I just made that up. Maybe it's someone different. But yeah, like this this chapter doesn't do much for me. Yeah, it's it just not, confuses you. Yeah, it's just kind of like, was this chapter needed? Probably not. Okay, I just clicked in my mind about Bertha Jorkins. The Hufflepuff cup thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like a a, a, a descendant of uh, Wait, uh, spoilers, just so you know. Is Bertha Jorkins the person who owns the Hufflepuff cup, the one that the Horcrux yeah. was yeah, So yeah. Voldemort like, uh, used Bertha Jorkins to find out where it was. Yes. Okay. Because I think she had it. So I think so she that's just so, gave yeah. it to him. So that's how we that's how we got it and put it in Bellatrix's Yeah, so role. I think maybe this this uh this chapter is just kind of like here's kind of a setup for book six. Mm-hmm. But like you're you're probably not gonna remember this yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. So when you some of you guys might be confused. You'll realize in book six or seven. Yeah. What we're so maybe about. it's just like maybe it's just like hey, you know, when you're rereading the series, you can come back to this and think. <gasps> what? No way! But then there's people that don't reread the series. So. Yeah, which like you've said that you're not going to, but we are right now rereading it. That's so. true. And we're going way deeper into these books than I would have. Yeah. With you know, because normally when I'm reading the books, there's not that many people I talk to about mm-hmm. you know the chapters as I'm going through them. So I think that's why this I don't know podcast is really fun because we could talk to you guys yeah. about them and then we could talk to each other about them. So. First sentence, the villagers of Little Hangleton still called it the Riddle House, even though it had been years since the Riddle family had lived there. Now, when I uh, when I first read this, I was like, okay, but like, which riddles are we talking about? Because I thought it was talking about Tom Riddle's parent, his mother and mm. father, which it wasn't. It was his 
grandparents. Um, for context, if if you've ever read the, if you've read the books and you don't remember, it's okay. So it's Tom Riddle, and then his mom and dad, and the people who owned the Riddle house were his grandparents, and then his dad lived there. Mm. So they were the three people that died. That's there. why his father is in the graveyard. Yeah, and then that's why um, that so basically the killing of those three people led to the led to one of the making of the Horcrux. Yeah. So, uh, it overlooked the village and had once been a nice house, but was now unoccupied and run down. The tale of the house had led to a lot of gossip in the village, and the story was that one day the maid had walked into the drawing room to find all three riddles dead. So, again, that's his grandmother, his grandfather, yeah, and then his father, Tom, mm. Tom, Tom Marvola Riddles Sr., right? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so... She had said that they had all had their eyes open. Nobody in the village cared for the family because the parents and their son, Tom, were all snobbish and unkind. I was so confused when I read that, like, because that made me think that it was talking about Tom Riddle. Uh Uh-huh. And then I figured, and then, like, after I looked it up, I was like, okay, who lived in this house? It clicked. They're referring to the parents as Tom's parents. Tom's senior's parents. Tom, yeah, because they both, they're named, they, yeah, they're both named Tom. The villagers only cared about the identity of the murderer because three people in the same room normally didn't drop dead simultaneously of natural causes. So, everyone believed that it had been Frank who disliked crowds and people in general and worked as a gardener at the Riddle's house. Frank denied the accusations and said that he had seen a boy with dark hair and pale skin near the house the same night. So that's just like, that's like, that's a shout out to if you've read the books before. Right? Because it doesn't talk about in this chapter who killed the riddles, right? No. So, that's a shout out. And if you haven't read the books all before, you'll see. You'll see. Um, so, when the report came back, everyone was shocked that the riddles hadn't been harmed at all, so the police let Frank go. So, basically, the report from, like, the dead bodies came back, and the only thing that looked off was that they had a scared look on their face. Which, you know how they were killed. Which is yes. a spoiler, so you can just say. Okay, so, later in the book, you find, um, we find out that they're, uh, yeah, so, later in the chapter, um, uh, the killing curse is used. And the killing curse, it leaves no mark upon the body. Really? Yeah. Just, and it, it's instant death. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the students at Hogwarts are also shown the spell later in the in the book yeah so it's like i guess there's no the weird thing about the wizarding world also to me is like when someone is murdered um most spells don't leave a mark yeah so unless you're using like sectum sempra which draco uh spoilers when harry uses this on draco he probably would have died if snape hadn't come right yeah Especially, it seems like that in the movies, too, because it looks worse in the movies than it did in the book. But, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, Frank continued to work as a gardener for the house, but it was now owned by a wealthy man who was never home, and the house was in disrepair. Teenage boys would torment Frank and throw stones at the house's windows. That was so mean. Yeah. Like, can you imagine constantly having to worry about if you're having, you know, rocks thrown at yourself yeah. or your house's windows? Frank believed it was because they believed him a murderer. 
This was why Frank woke up one night in August when he saw that someone was up in the house. He believed it to be the village boys. Why would people think that Frank would stay yeah. as the gardener if he had killed them? I mean, where would he have gone, yeah. right? Do you think he would have, I don't know, gone somewhere else? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so uh, he had a bad leg, but he went as fast as he could upstairs to dress himself and then headed to the back. I put the bad door of the old house, but yeah, it's back. He went to the back door of the old house. He stepped into the kitchen and heard footsteps upstairs, so he went slowly up the staircase. Um, yeah. So, like, this house is big, too. It's a, it's a weird place for them to come back to. Yeah. Because wouldn't they have known that Frank was there? Yeah. Right? Like, how could he have known that? Well, he's Voldemort. He knows everything. And he says that later in the chapter. He does? That yes. he knows everything. Voldemort, he says, I know everything. How could he have known, though? Is there any way for a wizard to actually know that? Know what? That, that, that the, Frank was that there? That Frank was there? Outside the door? Yeah. I think... The thing is, though, if he had known that Frank was there, why would he have picked that house to come I don't think he home? literally meant that he knew anything. I think it's sort of like an arrogant statement. Oh, okay. Like, I knew he was there because I know everything. But why? No, no, I mean like he's he's like taught he's like he lies to Voldemort. Yeah. Frank lies to Voldemort later in the oh, chapter, okay. and he says, "Don't lie to me. I'm Voldemort. I know everything." Oh, okay. But why do you think that? Um, if he knew that Frank was there as a gardener, yeah, why would he have come to that house? Maybe he just didn't think Frank would go into the house it's like a really random spot when he could have gone to any like secluded he could have gone to a secluded cabin in the middle of the woods and nobody would know where he was well i mean it was his father's house maybe he wanted to feel closer to the horcrux plus or something like that. spoilers that was where they enacted the plan you know later in the goblet of fire oh okay yeah yeah so oh yeah i just that just clicked for me that's the graveyard yes Where's the grave? Is the graveyard in Little Hangleton? It's behind, like behind the house. I oh. that just clicked for me. Also, like that that like statue that like uses its like scythe to like hold yeah. it against the statue. That's right on top of his father's grave. Oh wow! I did not realize that. I thought the grave was just in the middle of a random field or something. Okay, that makes worse. That makes okay, so if more you're confused. Now. You're probably, uh, most of you are probably confused about a lot of things right now. If you haven't read the books, um, at least. You'll, fi- uh, reti- uh, you'll find out about it in- close to the end of the book. Yeah. So, um, he got to the landing and was able to see into the room with an open door. He saw a fire and heard someone say that there was a little bit more in the bottle if my lord was still hungry. A disembodied voice said later and told Wormtail to move him closer to the fire. Frank saw Wormtail wearing a black cloak and was bald. So, he's drinking snake milk. He's drinking Nakini's snake milk. Yeah. I take issue with this. It's weird. Yeah. He's drinking his snake's milk. Like, why couldn't he buy some? Or literally conjure some into thin air. I bet he could. Or no, you, there's Accio no. There's, milk. I mean, I think there's like literally a rule of magic in Harry Potter that's like you can't con con magic uh, food and and uh, drink cannot be conjured. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. 
they need to, we need a magical theory to be, to be made by J.K. Rowling. Because, like, there, we need to understand the limits to spells and, like, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm, I think in Harry Potter, in, in Harry Potter, there's, like, a book, like, the magic, the six rules of magic, and they state, they state one of them. Yeah, J.K. Rowling should make that book, because, I don't know. I just feel like... Uh, a whole book for six rules. Yeah. I mean, it it would be, it could be, like, one of those thin books, like, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and it would just, it would help people dig deeper into the world of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So, the world, the voice asked where Nagini was and told Wormtail that he would milk her before they retired. <laughs> Wormtail asked how much longer they would stay there, and the voice said that they had to wait until the Quidditch World Cup was over. Which, spoiler, is the best part in this entire book. Except for Worst maybe- part in the movie. I can agree with that. Okay, actually, it's maybe not the best part because the Triwizard Tournament is pretty cool. Yeah. This whole book is, like, just filled with such exciting and climactic moments that it's hard to pick a certain spot where it's just the best. But this book is filled with great moments. Wormtail said that the plan could be enacted without Harry Potter. He had no sympathy for the boy, but they could use any other witch or wizard for their plan. Uh, the voice said that he could use another person, but then started to suggest that Wormtail was trying to suggest that Wormtail was trying to abandon him. That would freak me out. Yeah, it, I didn't include this in the notes, but but Voldemort was like, "Who would milk a Nagini? Who would milk if you were if you went to go get another person?" Oh my god! I know it's it's so weird, and so Voldemort- I, I hear that in an Italian accent. Who would a milk a Nagini? Nagini? <laughs> Who Wait, if you're Italian listening, you're probably so offended at that <laughs> poor version of an Italian accent. But who would have milk a nagini? Eh? Uh, Voldemort said that he would only use. The, uh, I'm referring to the voice as Voldemort. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Voldemort said that he would only use the boy, and that he would need, and that he needs a more faithful servant. But Wormtail said that to he was. Milk but Wormtail said that he was the one who brought him Bertha Jorkins. Voldemort said that Wormtail never knew Bertha's usefulness when he captured her, and said that he had a job for Wormtail that many would give their right hand for. Foreshadowing. Wait, I thought. Oh yeah, this is the most. The one I read. Okay, so that when I did my reread of these books, yeah. and I was like, that many would give their right hand. for foreshadowing and i was just like what is happening like why yeah foreshadowing voldemort already knew what he was gonna do yeah voldemort said that he would receive an award the same as bertha's voldemort asked uh, wormtail asked if voldemort was going to kill him but voldemort said no and that the only reason he killed bertha was to dispose of the evidence to dispose of the evidence. Well, I say dispose of the evidence, but in the book, like, he didn't want, like, Bertha running it. She was supposed to be dead. Oh. Like, people thought she was dead. And he didn't want her to run into it. Wait, where was she then? If people thought she was dead, where was she? I have no idea. (laughs) It doesn't say anything about that. Okay. Uh, Wormtail muttered something that made Voldemort uh, laugh coldly. Wormtail told Voldemort told Wormtail that powerful wizards can break memory charms. Frank realized I got the boring part of the chapter, now that I think about it. I got the boring part. Like, oh my gosh. 
Frank realized that these people had murdered people and intended on doing more murders when he heard Voldemort start speaking in hisses as a giant snake. That probably just sounded ridiculous. A just a disembodied snake. voice. Yeah, slithered past Frank. It got start, cut off. I think, <laughs> I think it got cut <laughs> off or something. It just, it just says starts. When but, he heard Voldemort start speaking in hisses as a giant snake. Yes, I, th- I think he got cut off, because I'm pretty sure I finished that note. Fawn was like, it was late at night. No, it wasn't. It was, it was like not at late five. at night. <laughs> it was like five. The snake entered the room, and Voldemort said that Nagini says that there is a muggle outside of the door listening. The door opened, and a short man with a pointed nose beckoned him into the room. Frank said that he had heard enough to tell the cops, and that he has a wife who knows where he went. Hold on. In the, uh, in the, uh... What's it called? In the movie, wasn't Barty Crouch Jr.? Yes, but Barty, scene, Barty Crouch Jr. was never... I fully expected uh, him you, to be you, in this chapter. You'll see Barty Crouch Jr. later in the book. Um, yeah. So, like, the only... There's one point where I thought that Barty Crouch Jr. was actually there. Mm-hmm. But, because it referred to it as the second voice. Oh, okay. But I found it wasn't because... Um, it said, "I have a job for you." You know, like the, oh, okay. the like it said, you, you you could tell it was Voldemort really speaking. Oh, okay. Um, Voldemort says that he was lying, and Frank asked Voldemort to turn around and face him like a man. And Wormtail swiveled his chair around. Frank screamed so loud that he couldn't hear what Voldemort said when he used his wand. And Frank, bleh, died. He died. Last sentence. Two hundred miles away, the boy called Harry Potter woke up with us. Now this is the content we've been waiting bum, for. Bum. I mean, you've got to mention the name Harry Potter in every chapter. Exactly. If if people don't call him by his full name, Harry freaking Potter, then uh, we've got an issue on our hands. So and you've the got an issue say, with Draco. Hmm? The reason I say Harry Potter? freaking Potter is because in Harry of Harry Potter sequel. There is a song called Harry Freaking Potter. <laughs> so, uh, there. Harry Freaking Potter. That's how it goes. Uh-huh. That's, that's how it goes. All right, movie goose. Frank Bryce looks up and reacts to no, the light. At, it, at around one minute. At around one minute. At Frank around Bryce one minute. looks up and reacts to the light turning on in the house before it actually happens. At around two minutes, at the beginning of the film, when the caretaker is walking to the big house, the flashlight torch is in his left hand. When he gets to the outside steps, he switches it from his right to his left hand. So, uh... I mean, he could have switched goof. it. That's not I much of a so. goof. Yeah. Some of these are, like, plausible. Some you know, of, yeah. so not really goofs. Some of them are just, like, like, humans move. Humans do physically move. So do dogs. They swap hands? Like, a lot of the ones in Chamber of Secrets were like, the dog, Fang, in the back of the car, in between seconds two and three, he was moving. He, hey, how did he move? He's he was a, in like a different seat. He's a dog. Like, it's he like, moves. It's like he can actually move. It's like, even if even if they did just cut two scenes together, in reality, dogs move. So even if they hadn't cut two scenes together, the dog could have done that. Yeah. Because they move. Anyway, now we're going to go to the... Hogsmeade Journal and Analysis yes. part of our episode. Hogsmeade Journal! Yay. Yay! Okay. So, I've also, I've thought about making our bling just Voldemort laughing, but I don't know that that, that we should. I don't know. 
I don't know if I don't know if bling or Voldemort laughing is better. I think bling is definitely not as good. You think so? You think uh, Voldemort, Voldemort laughing, laughing is going to be better? We could also do Bellatrix laughing. Maybe, maybe we could do both. Who knows? Together. <laughs> Together at the same time. So, first I want to start off the Hogsmeade Journal with, I got a Quaffle, and I got two Funko Pops for my birthday, which I'm super, like, that's the Harry Potter related stuff this, I got. This is so much of a surprise to me. Yes. I definitely wasn't, wasn't at there. her birthday. Yeah, I, um, so the Funko Pops I got were the Dumbledore one, and the Dumbledore one from, like, the fifth movie <gasps> That's or the rarest He's holding, one! <laughs> <laughs> He's holding the Elder Wand, and it is the coolest thing ever, and Snape. Uh, Snape is very plain. He's just wearing black robes with his black hair. Uh, Dumbledore's the coolest one I have. Snape's right just being Snape. I have six Funko Pops. I love them all. I, I bet you guys, I bet some of you are OGs and you remember the days where we would just oh, sit geez. here with Funko Pops recording. And we were probably so annoying with them. I don't think I fidgeted with mine so much, but I think Sophie used to go like that a lot. Like that. Mm-hmm. And then I bet Vaughn did that too. <laughs> I okay for for I did not fidget with my Funko Pop. It fell off the stand <laughs> many times. Many times because it was a bad move putting those next to us while recording. Like it was a terrible move. So that is why you could hear all that crud while we were recording. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's again. There wasn't much news, so I kind of had to be like improvised with what we're going to talk about for Hogsmeade mm-hmm. Journal. So let's again go over what we are most excited for in this book and for the books afterwards. So let's talk about this book because as a whole. So also, um, just so that everyone is completely aware, Hogsmeade Journal and Analysis, they always include spoilers without us saying spoilers. So those are the ones where if you haven't read all the books, go read them before you listen to this analysis. All right. So, um. Yeah, so what are you looking forward to most in this book? So let's take, actually, let's, like, pick one of a certain thing. So we'll do the uh, the, the Quidditch World Cup, mm-hmm. the whole thing, uh, the first task, which is that one, fighting the dragon, yeah. uh, the Yield Wall, the second task, which is swimming, and then the third task, or the, the climax mm-hmm. in the graveyard. So which one is your favorite of those? Which one are you most looking forward to talking about? Which one... Do you think will be the most fun to talk about? The first task. You think that's going to be the most yeah. fun to talk about? I agree. I think that one's going to be very fun to talk about, but I think that the Quidditch World Cup is going to be fun to talk about because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's the best part of this book. The more I think about it, the more I love it. Victor, I love you. Victor, I do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, and too, when Harry walks into the tent and he goes, I love magic. I love magic. I've never seen it before, but I love it. That's what he says, basically. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. So, we're going to be going over some Parseltongue fun facts today. Um, You may know some of these, but we're going to give fun commentary with them. So, that basically means we're going to talk about them in a fun manner. Mm -hmm. So, uh... Parseltongue is a rare skill that you can't learn like any other, like, imagine trying to learn Parseltongue, like, just sitting there hissing. <laughs> and then 
your mom walks in, she's just like, "What are you doing?" This ch- my child is speaking in tongues. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's gonna sound like some sort of satanic chant. Oh my gosh, purify him. <laughs> purify. Oh my gosh, people who are fluent in this language are just born with the knowledge of how to speak it. The only family that isn't rare. That it isn't rare in is the Slytherin bloodline, and the skill is usually hereditary, which means passed down from family. Um, what would, okay, do you remember the Super Carlin video, where they're talking about how it's Ben, and he's talking about how if, if Helga Hufflepuff had a language, it would just be like, a hiss from a oh um, badger hiss. We literally kept going, and then Ben imitates the badger hiss, and we just <laughs> and we just <laughs> and we just kept going back to it because it was so funny. Fun, imitate it, do it. <laughs> it was like <sighs> yeah, but but more like how Vaughn did it. <laughs> but if you had like, but Ben's face plus the noise, it was just hilarious. Yeah, Vaughn did the face, but you can't see Vaughn, so you can read the decks. Oh yeah, and Gryffindor's his would just be growling, It'd just be like, Rah. <laughs> and Ravenclaw's would be like, <laughs> the only family that isn't oh, no, 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 because of association between Potter's tongue and Salazar Slytherin. People are afraid of the language, and when people find out Harry Potter speaking it, his reputation is tarnished. No. In the Order of the Phoenix, when people mistrust Harry because he's saying that Voldemort is back, and Rita Skeeter tells the whole world, he kind of moved the note there, yeah. <laughs> that he speaks parcel tongue, people mistrust him even more. Okay, but do you think that's because they think that he's Salazar Slytherin's, uh, like, do you think people think that he's Salazar Slytherin's, like, descendant? Or do you think, because, you know, Chamber of Secrets, we know that he's not. Um, I think people actually do think that, uh, but it's it's a close second to being his relative. Yeah, it you'll, was, you'll see in book, which book? 25. Seven? Book 7. Unwritten. Yeah, but, like, the thing is about the, like, if he's Slytherin's, descendant he is so far down the line that he barely he probably carries like zero slytherin yeah. 0.0.0.0.0.1% of his blood yeah. so uh, also remember that our analysis is do have spoilers i already um, said that at the beginning they know okay, i okay um so, okay okay uh so yeah uh harry got here harry got parcel tongue from the uh um, from the, uh, from the part of Voldemort's soul that latched onto him. Yeah. Because Voldemort is a parcel tongue. So, um, anyone can imitate parcel tongue if they do it strongly enough, and even a snake can understand it. <gasps> I thought nobody could learn parcel tongue. But they can imitate it. Like, in, uh, in number seven, when Ron goes into the Chamber of Secrets with Hermione, and he just mimics Harry. The thing is, though, for his reasoning for being able to do that, he's just like, yeah, remember in second year when he did that? I remembered it. All. I remember the entire, the, the exact phrase. Yeah. Made. The amount of hisses, the amount of pauses. I remember the it. tone. The tone. Yeah. 
He remembered the whole thing. Despite it being difficult to speak to other people with personal terms, the language is... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the language is preferred by the Gaunts over English because it helps to further isolate them from the rest of the Muggleborn and Half-Blood Wizarding world. Which is, like, it's kind of cool, actually, that they have their own language to speak with. I guess so. But it, it's kind of, like, it would be cooler if every single Pureblood could speak personal tongue. And every single Muggleborn could speak, like, their own language. Okay, what's also weird, though, now that I think about it, is that every single Pureblood is a Slytherin. I think it's because they just burn everyone off the family tree that's not in Slytherin. Like, uh, Sirius, they're disappointed in him because he was in Gryffindor. And Andromeda, she was in Hufflepuff. Right? Mm. Yeah, right? Um, no, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, so the language can be difficult to speak, even for people who know it. Harry has a hard time speak- speaking Parseltongue if he is not speaking directly to a snake or imagining that he is. Despite it being... Oh, no, you already read that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Albus Dumbledore had mastered Parseltongue, but could not speak it aloud. Probably, uh, he probably learned... Learned. Yeah, that's a word. Learned the language for a better understanding of Voldemort, which is, which is cool because like, Voldemort did a lot just to learn more about Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort did a lot just to learn more about Voldemort. That's what you just said. No, I said Dumbledore. No, you said Voldemort. I just, just did a Dumbledore. lot to learn more about. No, Voldemort. I swear I said Dumbledore. You said, said Voldemort. No, I said okay. Dumbledore. We'll watch the replay file. Dumbledore. I'll just play it. I'll just like add it right here. Okay. Voldemort did a lot just to learn more about Voldemort. Yeah. Harry can Harry can no longer speak parcel tongue because once the Horcrux part of him was destroyed, all of his Voldemort given abilities were destroyed, including his ability to speak the language. So that's literally it for a parcel tongue yes. analysis. And it was it a bit, it was it a bit short. It wasn't long enough. This episode is not gonna be 30 minutes. So what 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 we're gonna do today? Is we're gonna add, we're gonna tack something on to the end of this uh, analysis. So, why don't we find something right now on the fly to add to this? Uh, we're gonna find something really good. Um, okay, okay. Ten, no, okay. I we we could watch uh, ten hours of Voldemort laughing. You know, I don't think people want a ten hour episode. <laughs> okay, we found an article. Finally, ten most disturbing moments fans can't forget. So, number ten. Not gonna lie, I've probably forgotten all ten of these moments. N- probably not. Okay, well, I remember every moment in the franchise. So, except for Bertha Jorkins. Except for Bertha Jorkins, yeah. who saw our chapter analysis. Yeah. So, 10 is the way the Dursleys treated Harry. Okay. I, like, yeah, I mean, it's not, like, that disturbing. I wouldn't want to be treated like that, but I, I yeah, think... Yeah, it was just... I, I think it was horrible, the way, the way they treated I mean, him. like, it could have been a lot worse. Let's put it that way. It could yeah. have been a lot worse. And a lot of people say, like, they abused Harry. They No, they didn't. Yeah, they verbally abused him, I guess, if you want to go, like... But not emotionally or physically. Okay, maybe emotionally. Maybe not physically, though. Probably emotionally, yeah. Okay. So, um, 
uh, nine is the device that turned people into babies and the department of mystery i don't even remember that part what uh this strange scene is one that doesn't get talked about as much anymore because it wasn't shown in the movies this might be because it's so strange that it would have been too weird and off-putting for the movies but in the book version of the order of the phoenix there is a male death eater whose head is transformed into a baby's head after falling into the bell jar in the time room. It's definitely one of the oddest examples of magic in the series. That I don't a remember weird that one. at all. That's a weird one. I don't either. Eight. The treatment of house elves, especially Dobby. It's much worse than Harry Potter. Dobby has had to slam his head in the oven multiple yeah, times. It's wor- yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But... It's they're treated worse than Harry was at the Dursleys. Yeah. So, yeah. Not seven. The torture and killing of Muggles and Muggleborns. Yeah. This was an epic way to open number open part two. Yeah. The scene where she dies and she's yeah, it like shows how dark begging Severus to let her to let her go and help her. She's literally begging him. And, and he then will he help just her. kills her. That's so sad. Nagini literally eats her. Yeah, Nagini, come clean this up. That's Nagini, dinner. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Six, the Dementors trying you to kiss one. Harry. Did I? No. Oh, no, no, right. The Dementors trying to, quote-unquote, kiss Harry. I feel like, okay, it's not, when you see it or read it, it's not as bad as some of the other moments, but... It does definitely have, like, it would have the worst outcome. Yeah. Because, like, they're literally trying to suck out the soul of people. Yeah, that didn't hit me as hard. Five. Voldemort drinking unicorn. Okay, really? Drinking unicorn. Oh, my gosh. That that, that looked so bad in the film. (laughs) It was just putting his face close to the unicorn. That that was it. (laughs) Yeah, it looked really bad. But that's not that disturbing. It's really not. It should be in number ten. Yeah, maybe seeing it would be pretty bad. Like, it's like a horse. Ew! Oh! Harry seeing Voldemort's damaged soul This form. one. That is the it's, grossest thing I've it's ever ju- seen. It's like a naked, bloody baby. Yeah. Ew. That's so gross. Voldemort's soul has been so damaged and destroyed that it looks like something out of anyone's worst nightmares. Yeah. He's broken pretty much beyond repair, and the sight is extremely ugly. Yeah, no kidding. Three. Nagini emerging from Bethilda Bagshot. Ew. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's so true. It wasn't that... It wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, like, where did Nagini emerge from again? Her, just like she just kind of disintegrated. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know actually. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Two Umbridge's cool, cruel punishment. This should not be number two. It should be behind. Yeah, because it's it's just burning letters into children's hands. Oh my gosh. It's okay. It's just, like Harry Potter has led me to believe that literally carving words into a child's hand is not that bad. At least for Harry Potter. It's not as bad as other things. It, it's At least for Harry Potter, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in real life, that would be terrible. But this but... shouldn't be number two. Yeah. 
One is Hermione being tortured. That's true. It's like, pretty, you hear her screams. It's pretty crazy, Like, yeah. you can hear her screams when, like, Ron and uh, Harry are in, like, the, the dungeon. In yeah. Manor. And in the book, too. It sounds really bad. It's terrible. Um, so. Yeah, I'm surprised Cedric's death wasn't on here. Yeah. Or, like, or like uh, P- Peter cutting off his own hand. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That... That was disturbing. You, he literally says his hand flops. I mean, it doesn't look that bad, really. It's like it's like it just in this film. It's like he's putting the knife on his hand, and then and then it's just it dropping. It's really not that bad. But the sound, his limb, his like cut off. Like think about it. It's just a chunk of flesh dropping into a vat of liquid that that Voldemort is gonna rise out of. It's like. It's your own hand. It's weird to think about. Yeah. Okay. So, we did- We got ourselves past 30 minutes with that extra article. Thankfully. Thankfully. But, yeah. So, that's gonna be- Gonna be it for today. Yeah. Yeah. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. We know it was kind of weird. Because I honestly couldn't think of what we should talk about for this analysis. So, I was like, okay. Parts of mouth. That makes sense. And then I kind of had to add on to that. But, yeah, it was pretty fun recording. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next. Oh, wait, no, we have to we have to talk about some things. Yes. You got to email us at insidehogwartspod at gmail.com. You got to let us know. You got to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, because it would help us out a lot. Oh, okay, so emailing us, you can email us, like, everything you thought about for the episode, like, what we talked about. But also, you can, like, you can email us once. Or you can email us after every single episode and just be like, here's what I thought about this episode. Here's what I thought about this episode. Like, just do it. It's fine. We love getting emails from listeners. So if you want to email in, feel free to. We love it. Yeah. And we'll give you a shout out if you do that too. So, and we can talk about what you had to say. So that would be fun. And uh, check out our website, InsideHogwarts.com, where our episodes are. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for another episode of Inside Hogwarts.